Hello and welcome to the Herbicane Podcast. My name is Simon Osmo and I'm a former UK police detective turned entrepreneur and mindset coach. And on this podcast, I talk with impactful individuals from around the world who have navigated a life pivot, found themselves for a self-discovery to find that thing that we've all been looking for, a happy and fulfilled life. So the excuses are over, my friend. It's time to change our thinking so we can change our lives and come join me as we dive into this week's conversation to learn how they became, who they became. Welcome to the Herbert Came Up podcast. I'm Simon Osimo and my guest today is Aaron Gollum. Now, Aaron is a former D1 college athlete, a former NFL free agent, a motivational speaker, and now an entrepreneur. But part of his identity is found in the fact that he is legally blind. We had a great conversation on identity, breaking through barriers and overcoming limitations in life. And he believes that limitations do not exist. And if you want to know why, stick around as he shares some of his wisdom that has allowed him to be super successful in life and sport, even with his sight limitations. And I want to remind you that you can download my free Master Your Mindset in Life and Business Guide just head to the show notes to start living a more fulfilled life. Okay, so here is this week's conversation with Aaron Gollop. Let's go take a listen. So you are the first league of blind athlete to play division one football at Tulane university and you're a captain in your senior year. I mean, did you used to find your identity in football, Aaron? Is that sort of what you were known as growing up? Yeah. You know, I started playing football in seventh grade and at the time I wasn't the best athlete, you know, eventually as I found the right position, I found the right area for me specifically, you know, that's what I became known for was football. You know, that's, I made history in college and, you know, became a captain, became an NFL free agent. And that's that's what my background was in, yes. Yeah, and I know you mentioned that you made history, I guess. Uh, you're the first legally blind athlete to play Division One football. And I guess to give some context, maybe you can just talk a bit, Aaron, about sort of what you can see so people can help sort of contextualize the conversation as we, as we move forward. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, I have no vision in my right eye and very limited in my left so, you know, uh, my left eye is kind of looking through a really tiny hole and, and that's my field of vision there. It's not, not a ton, but it's, it's what I was born with and I'm, I'm used to it and make the best of it. Yeah, and I, I have to say this. I don't want to believe it's true, but I think you're of a similar generation to me. Um, so so my, my mind is putting some bias in there saying that there, there must have been times where people were saying to you with your lack of vision you know, hey, Aaron, maybe there's something else that you should be doing or maybe this isn't for you. And again, this is maybe my bias of sort of generation and stuff on here, but I feel that the age that me and you are, some of that sort of prejudice was most probably still existence. Is that something that you ever experienced growing up as a, as a kid? Yeah, definitely. You know, I, I think that everyone was concerned about my safety, whether I could play, that I wasn't very good. And you know, it took a lot of hard work. It took a lot of showing what I could do instead of just, you know, saying what I could do to change minds and, and really express that. And I like I heard you say once that you didn't work hard to prove others wrong. You worked hard to prove others right. And I know you found con- sort of contentment in, in every circumstance. I mean, um, maybe share a little bit about that. 
Yeah, you know, I think one of the biggest mistakes that people make is, and I break this down to talking about external motivation, internal motivation, and they focus on external motivation. And what that is, is focusing on, you know, you want to accomplish this goal because others think you can't do it or because of X, Y, and Z reason. And, you know, yeah, that's great for if I go into the gym and I want to lift a heavy weight, I'm going to focus on external motivation, something that will get me mad or angry or whatever to push myself or you know, if I'm trying to get some work done, I'll focus on the external motivation to push me that, you know, 10 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever. But internal motivation is is focusing on what's going to prove yourself right. Why do you want to accomplish a goal? Because you want it. And that's what's going to take you far. External motivation isn't going to take you past, you know, a short period of time. Internal is what you have to have to consistently do something for six months, a year, 10 years, whatever. Yeah, I relate to that a lot because uh, comparison is something that I've struggled with in, in my life, and we know that comparison is the thief to joy, but most often we're comparing ourselves to others because we see something in them that we, that we like, that we want to be, but the only greatest person that we can be is the greatest version of ourselves. And, and I like what you said there about the identity piece and about not proving others wrong, but prove yourself right, you know, be, being the best athlete that you can, you can be. So, so how hard was it then to... Uh, you obviously played D1 football and ended up to captain your your team. I mean, what, what did that journey look like? Yeah, you know, it was it was a long journey. It was a difficult experience, but it was something that I wanted to do and it was worth every second of it. You know, I realized at an early age that in order to be as good as other people and to compete at the level that they competed at, I had to work 10 times harder than them. And that's what I did. You know, I focused on getting up at five and practicing, you know, football. I focused on you know, lifting weights every single evening after practice was over, whatever it took to get better and, and do the work that no one else was doing. And so I guess the, the question always comes with any sports person is how, how much of it is ability and how much was it of the mindset that allowed you to succeed? I, I feel like I know the answer, but I want you to say it, Aaron. Yeah, I would say very little ability. You know, I, I inherently am not a athletic person. I was not a strong, I was not a big, I was not a fast person. And so most of it was in the mentality of I'm going to do this because I want to do this. And, you know, I sophomore year of high school was a third string junior varsity football player. That's like no third string junior varsity football player. Their sophomore year of high school plays division one football. And, you know, it was how badly do I want it? And I was able to focus on that to accomplish my goal. You know, when that career sort of comes to an end or, you know, there's most people a point in any athlete's life where I guess a couple of things happen. You either you're not playing at the standard consistency, if I can say my words, consistently again, um, or they reach the point where you want to sort of move on and do something different. Um, I know you're a sort of an NFL free agent. When did your sort of separation from sort of football begin? Was it the fact that you weren't getting a consistency and standard that you wanted? Or was it when you became the sort of the NFL free agent and there wasn't an opportunity for you to keep playing? Yeah. You know, it was the fact that I had other opportunities in my life. You know, I had opportunities in the world of business that I wanted to take advantage of. I didn't want to be a free agent that bounced around for the next several years trying to make a team. You know, I was either going to make a team right then and there, or I was going to take opportunities in business because I had other dreams, other goals. And at that point, you know, pursuing football wasn't my number one goal anymore. It was something I thought would be really cool to play a couple seasons in the NFL, but I had no desire to have a 10-year career. You know, my goal was to make it to the NFL and play for, you know, one to three years. And the opportunity wasn't on the table and I had other business opportunities and I took advantage of them. And so when you 
look at your story. Like I said, you know, the first legally blind athlete to play Division One football. You know, you went on to sort of captain in your senior year, had ambitions for the NFL, and obviously that didn't quite work out. But there's so much power in your your story. And I know that when I was looking at a lot of your social media, you know, it's just really impactful, some of the things that you've done. I mean, you are uh, no better advert for if you put your heart and soul and you put your mindset in the right direction, that pretty much everything is possible. And you then sort of took those experiences and then sort of pivoted into being a sort of motivational speaker and shared your story. And I guess maybe that might not be for everyone. Some people might say, well, this is just my life and, you know, I'm just going to keep living. And there's other people like you to say, well, maybe my journey can help inspire others. I mean, when did you start making that transition or that change in your mind thinking, well, actually, maybe there's something in my story that might inspire others that I can become this sort of a motivational speaker? Yeah, you know, right now I do a lot in the world of business. I'm in the financial industry. I'm a speaker. I, I do other things as well. And you know, I was out of college. It was, you know, I was doing some things in business and, you know, I was fine at them. And I realized I had an opportunity not only to help and impact others, but to create a business. And that's what I did with speaking. And it's led to a lot of other business opportunities, which is amazing. But it was focusing on really how can I impact others? I've learned that I love building businesses. I love entrepreneurship. It's a lot of fun for me. And that's what I really enjoy. And, and that's been great. But, you know, the focus was how can I impact other people? And that's how it still is today. When I saw your uh, social media, I can't remember what there was in there, Aaron, but I know uh, we had a pre-conversation. And for my listeners, I generally like to meet my guest, uh, at least for a sort of a 10, 15 minute conversation before we go into these, just to get to know each other and seek a direction for this interview. And there must have been something there that was saying to me, like similar to the first question I asked you about, you know, where is your identity found? Because what I saw is a lot of your podcasts are around your, not only your mindset, but your sort of lack of vision and being the first legally blind athlete. But I, I can remember what I said to you during that conversation, you know, do do you found, find that people consistently lead you on on that on that path? How does that make you feel when there's other things that you have skills in? You know, your entrepreneurship, we're definitely going to move on to that. But how does it make you feel when sometimes it just comes about back to the fact that you're sort of legally blind? Look, it's totally fine. And, and my background can help and inspire a lot of people. And, and that's what my background is. Football being the first legally blind division one athlete, that's totally cool. However, you know, I've shifted. I'm a speaker. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a business owner. And in three years from now, five years from now, whatever, people aren't good. Most 90% of the people who know me in five years from now aren't going to know my background of football. They're going to know me as one of the top speakers in the world, one of the top business leaders in the world. And that's what my goals and ambitions are. And because I'm setting my mind to it, that's what will happen. But right now, even though I've seen success in business and speaking and, and made a name for myself, I'm still on the early edge of my career there. And because of that, people still know me for the football side. And in a few more years, it's just, I'm going to be much more well-known for other things. And that's fine with me. Yeah, I really like that. And it's... um. I can relate a lot to what you've said because in my life, you know, in England, I was a detective and there's people here in the US that don't even know that. I, I love to talk about it, Aaron, so I don't lose that part of my my identity. <laughs> but there's some people that just know me as an entrepreneur and podcast. They're like, what, Simon? You, you're you a detective in England, you know? So I think it, um, time, time is the best ability to to rebrand yourself, re sort of 
re-identify with a different sort of sector or, or a different way of life. So I'm, I'm really excited to see where your, your journey is going. And let's, let's talk about some of the, the entrepreneurship then. So I know now that you are taking the skills and experiences that you learned about being a motivational speaker and you're actually developing sort of courses and programs to help people that perhaps have never even stood in front of a, an audience before and, and, and given a given address. Maybe tell us a little bit about that project. Yeah, no, there's some things in the works. We, you know, released a course back over the summer about, you know, how to land your first TED Talk. Didn't really focus on it as much as I kind of probably should have. You know, it was fine. It wasn't incredible. But, um, you know, working on other things right now, you know, we've dialed in our outreach system to I'm booking talks all the time. It's fantastic. And, you know, potentially expanding that into working with other, you know, speakers and, and helping them book their own talks and, and developing things with them. And, you know, everything's in the process. And, you know, the nice thing is I'm in a very good situation with everything that I have going on with speaking, with my life and finance, with everything that's going on. And there's no rush for me to go into something else. And that's the nice thing. And I think that's something that a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with. They see some success in something and they have shiny object syndrome and try and create something else and, you know, keep switching back and forth and then they never see success. And for me, I notice and I, I realize and understand that I'm in a really great spot and I'm expanding and growing and learning and getting better at everything I'm doing every single day. And in the back of my mind, there's other things that I want to do that I'm starting to create that I'm thinking of, but it's not anywhere near kind of focusing a ton of time every single day on. And that's fine because that will take away from my growth and what I'm currently doing. But down the road, I, there will be more coming out and, and more release and more companies and, and things like that. And I think we all have that uh, shiny penny syndrome for sure, where there's a new idea, there's a new concept and we go chasing it. And I think what I heard you saying there is actually very powerful is there's, there's a lot of strength in finding one idea and being the best that you can be at that, at that one thing and then sort of pivot to something else as opposed to try and be many things where not saying that you're a, a jack of all trades, master of none. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that, you know, you can spread yourself too thin. Um, and what does it take to be successful then? So, I mean, you are successful as an athlete. You've become successful as an entrepreneur. This clearly isn't luck that you're walking into these things. What is it that you're doing that perhaps other people aren't doing, Aaron? You know, I think just my drive is very unique. And, and I was having a conversation with someone that I'm working with uh, actually yesterday. And one of the things that he brought up to me, and I, I made a comment and I was like, it's so easy. It's like the barrier to entry, in my opinion, right now is so low. Like if you want to start a new skill or a new business, like you can go on YouTube and watch 40 hours of something and start a marketing agency or learn how to do sales or whatever, like literally next week, if you want. And the guy that I was talking to, he's like, you're right, you can, but 99% of people won't do that. You will, because you have that drive that most people don't. He was like, if I told you, you could learn a new skill by watching 60 hours of YouTube videos, and I would pay you a million dollars in three months because you could build something, you would probably do it. I was like, yeah, absolutely I would, because I have that drive. He's like, yeah, you would. 99% of people wouldn't do that. And that's what makes you unique is what he was saying. And I agree with that. It's just my drive, my ambition to do something is is very unique to me. And it seems really simple, but I posted on a friend's social media only yesterday, I think it was on Instagram, and he pinned the comment on there. But all I said was a lot of great success for most high performers, high achievers, whatever you call them, is just the fact that they've had 
the inclination, one, to start, but also they've really finished when most people are either giving up or seeing it's too hard. They, they just follow They just follow through. And I think some people get stuck in, either they don't want to put the work in or they just can't see the finish line and they just get sort of, the finish line gets too blurry for them and they get lost in there. But yeah, I think exactly as you said, there's a lot of people that are very successful and the barrier to entry is low. The question is just, can, can you finish? Can, can you finish that that project, that coaching program, that course or what, whatever it is? Um, yeah. If you start something and you do it for a consistent six months, you're ahead of 95% of people. Like Most people do something and three weeks later switch. If, if you can do something for six months, you're already ahead of most people. And it just... That's what I say. I mean by like the barrier to entry is so low. Like you, if you are listening to this and you have committed to learning a new skill, starting a new business, whatever it is for six plus months, you are ahead of most people. So just keep going. Yeah. One of the things that you said was uh, where people start isn't where you're going to end up or where you have to end up. I think you said, which is powerful, powerful statement because we do, we, we do get stuck in a rut, don't we? We, we do fall to a place where we thought, well, this is it. This is my end goal. This is the destination. But it's, you know, I think as you've shown for your journey, it's not where you have to end. It's that moving forward. Yeah, no, absolutely. Look, every everything changes for everyone all the time. And if I'm not changing, if I'm not growing, if tomorrow I'm not a little different than I am today, if a year from now I'm not different than I am today, then I didn't grow, then I wasted 2022. You know, in, in a year from right now, I hope that I look back on today and say, Wow, my insights back then were terrible. My business strategy back then was terrible. My speeches were terrible. Like I, if I look back on it and say, "Wow, I did such a good job a year ago," then that's ter- that's a bad thing because that means I didn't grow and improve. You know, changing, getting better, being different is is what I strive for every day, and so should every, everyone else. And I love your your strategy mindset and your willingness to learn new things because it really comes down to you know like learning those skills, as you've said knowing that where you are isn't where you're going to to end up but how do you how did you come to the point where it's okay to try something new because you know if we're talking about being an entrepreneur there's a lot of risk that can come with it Uh, and some people don't want to take that leap because there's a mortgage to pay there's bills to pay how am I going to support my my family but how were you able to sort of make that pivot and switch in your mind and say, okay, I need to move forward in this. I need to sort of pursue my own destiny rather than sort of stay in the, in the corporate world. Because you'll regret more what you didn't do than what you did do and failed at. In life, you can choose two struggles, the struggle of regret or the struggle of discipline. And I'd rather be disciplined and push myself and take risks now than in 50 years from now, look back and regret what I didn't do. Like, there are so many incredible things that I can accomplish in the next, you know, 10, 20, 50, 70 years of my life. And whether that be impacting others, whether that be building businesses, whatever it is. And like, look, I might fail at some of them. I might lose money at some of them, but I know I'll succeed eventually at something and I'll create a lot of success. And I've already seen success. doesn't mean every single venture and project I do has been successful or will be successful because I promise you, I've done plenty of things that have failed. But the things that have succeeded have really succeeded. And that's awesome to me. And from being a, you know, an athlete, turned you into a motivational speaker, which sort of turned you into an entrepreneur, things that you do seem to be around helping others. Do you know, where, where does that come from? Have you ever sort of reflected, Aaron? Why do most of your, 
endeavors now focus on inspiring other people or helping other people be the best that they can be? I think a couple of reasons. First off, I have a story that can help others. And so it wouldn't be right of me not to share it and not to use it for the good. At the same time, like, look, I would be lying to you if I said I didn't want to build very incredible businesses, profitable businesses and make a lot of money. But I don't focus on that. That's not the end result. The end result is how do I help other people with everything I'm doing every single day? And by a byproduct of that, if I focus on helping others and making an impact, I know that money will come. If you focus on making money, not only will money not come, but you won't impact or help other people. Yeah. And, you know, um, powerful uh, and really deep stuff. And, and how much is your, uh, you sort of been legally blind? How much is that sort of tied into your journey in, in helping, helping other people? You know, I think it definitely has a piece there. Look, anyone who's going through a struggle, I can relate to it. Anyone who has a challenge or an obstacle, I can relate to it. And I want to use my message, my platform, my story to connect with them and help them and, and allow them to get through what they're going through by seeing you know, the success I've been able to create and others have helped me create. Yeah, interesting. And so when you sort of reflect as to where you are uh, today from all of the things that you've done, what's one of the biggest sort of self-discoveries that you've, that you've learned about yourself? Yeah, you know, I think the biggest things is, thing is we can push ourselves a lot further than we truly think, whether it be in business, whether it be learning, whether it be in the gym, in an athletic activity, whatever it is. You know, if you are struggling, if you think you should quit, you, you can push yourself 10 times further than you think. The human body will allow you to. Your brain will allow you to. You just need to keep going and make that decision that you can keep going. You know, I absolutely hate running. It is one of the worst things for me. I can't stand it. But when I'm running and, and put myself in that situation, and the reason I do it is because I hate it, because I don't like it. And I like to do hard things. I like to do things that make me uncomfortable. And when I'm in that situation, I realize and I understand that, like, this is not going to kill me. You know, I'll do it for another few minutes or 10 minutes or whatever, and it'll be done. And, you know, I'll move on with my day and the pain that's inside me will leave. And when you can understand that in a business setting as well, then you can push through anything. I heard a quote uh, recently, and, and I can't remember a specific word, but there's something around, you know, um, you don't know how far you can go if you really don't push yourself. And, and that is true, isn't it? I think we, one of our limiting beliefs often comes from, well, I don't think I can do this. You know, I can't get to that goal. I, I just can't see the, the finish line, but you don't know how far you can go if you don't sort of take that sort of first step as we, as we really, really said. Yeah, I, I like it. And what about your life story? What, what is the one sort of glue for your life story that you feel that can help inspire, impact others to be the best versions of themselves? Yeah, I think understanding that things in life happen for you and not to you. And, you know, by that, I mean, I'm so thankful and so grateful that I was born legally blind. It's allowed me to meet incredible people, have amazing experiences, you know, do what I'm doing today. And if I wasn't legally blind, I wouldn't be doing everything I'm doing. And what people can take away from that is a shift in perspective and understanding that their challenge, their obstacle, the adversity that they're currently facing is there for a reason for them to help them improve. Life isn't out to get them. Life isn't out to hurt them. But if they can take the situation they're in and look at it as a positive and understand that using that situation, they can create something great and they can create something special, then they'll be successful and anything is possible. And there's a contentment in there as well, Aaron, that you sort of become content in your circumstance. You know, like I sort of mentioned earlier about the, the comparison that I've struggled with in my life, but there's also, you know, maybe perhaps a bit of 
envy and jealousy that can creep into our lives. But it sounds like when you say that being legally blind to you is a blessing, it's because you've become content with what you have and, and, and sort of yeah. pay for your own ability, right? Yeah. Yeah. Personally, I would, I don't like the word content because I don't think I'm ever content with anything. I always, you know, I, I'm insane in the fact that I always want to push myself and, and get better and whether it be help more people or make more money or build more, another business or whatever. You know, I think I've, it, a word for me would be, is I, I've accepted it. Look, there's nothing I can do to change it. I'm legally blind. I can't change that fact. Maybe in 20 years, technology will come out that will fix that, but that is not within my control. And so what I can control is what I do with the situation at hand and just accepting the fact that I am legally blind and making the best of it is what I choose to do. Yeah, that's incredible uh, reflection. I love that you've um, corrected me there on contentment because I, I just wrote a note down saying acceptance of what we can control. And I think when we're all going through any type of life adversity, often uh, it's only through inner work we generally start off. Well, I'm the only one going through this adversity. You know, no one knows how I how I uh, sort of feel. We have to get through that work to to realize that you no, know, someone's been in our shoes before. It's not too much in 2022. The year we sit today, but people haven't been through before. It's a question of you know how do we improve our mindset and make good in our position. I love the fact you say acceptance of what we can control because otherwise it can really it can destroy your mind, can't it? Thinking well, if only, if if only, um, we've got to we've got to continue to live in the moment. Absolutely. And so, Aaron, so so what's what's next then? What's um as we sort of look to close up, what what are you up to now, and how can people interact with you? And I know you're doing some marketing stuff, right? Yeah, well, so, you know, right now I'm an entrepreneur and a speaker, you know, in, in the world of business. And you can find me on my website, AaronGollub.com. My Instagram and Twitter are at Aaron J. Golub. On my LinkedIn, just Aaron Golub. And, you know, I always like to give it out. Feel free to, if I can help in any way, shoot me an email. It's Aaron at AaronGollub.com. I love giving back. I love helping. I love, you know, doing what I can. I can't promise I'll respond to anything in the next, you know, day or two, but I will get back to you at some point. And, yeah, you know, that's that's what I have going on right now. Well, Aaron, it's been good to talk to you, to learn a little bit more about your experiences, how people can take your life lessons and relate them to their own life to get some some key learning. So yeah, I just want to thank you. It's been an honor and a privilege to to get to know you and also to have this conversation. So, you know, you keep inspiring, keep doing a motivational speaker, and I'm really excited to see where your new identity is going to take you within this entrepreneurship journey. I know there's a lot of ideas we spoke about offline. You're going to start rocking. So I'm really excited for you. Thank you for joining the Who I Became podcast. To help spread this inspiring story, be sure to share it with your friends, hit the like button, and of course, subscribe to our channel so you won't miss out on any future episodes. We'd also love to hear how this story impacted you. So leave us a comment on whatever platform you're watching us from. To learn more about this episode, our guests, or Simon, head over to simonosimo slash podcast and sign up to receive the latest information delivered straight to your inbox. Once again, thank you for joining us for the Who I Became podcast.